Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking about why the Portland police are loosening their restrictions on car chases and how a local business tycoon is moonlighting as a trash collector. Plus, we'll hear from you as we crack open the CityCast mailbag. Joining me to break down the midweek news is our show's producer, Julia Fiaioni. It's Wednesday, December 20th. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Julia, welcome to the Midweek News Roundup. Thanks for being here. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. So as you know, on the show every Friday, we break down the biggest news of the week. In the middle of the week, though, we're starting to take a look at a few other stories that might have otherwise flown under our radar. Plus, we're going to hear a little bit from you. We're going to have a listener mailbag segment. So there's a lot coming up. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yes. But Julia, before we get going, I had a question for you. I know you are already traveling for the holidays, but before you left town, what was the biggest, like, big frantic holiday energy scene that you saw Mm -hmm. in Portland? I always think that it's Pioneer Courthouse Square. Yeah. There's something about having the big tree already set up and people shopping for Christmas gifts in the area, and there's just a different energy in the air, people excited to be out. Aside from that, I never find that PDX Airport is very busy. So when it is busy, <laughs> I know it's the holidays. So was it was it already crazy when you were flying out? Or yeah, were the lines already looped around. Even last week. So that's a warning to whoever's traveling this week. Definitely get there early because that security line took quite a quite a bit of time to get through. Oh my god, that's me this weekend. I'm going to be <laughs> sit, sitting in that line. Yeah. What about you, John? What are you seeing in in Portland right now? So I uh, went to the Portland Holiday Bazaar in Northwest over the weekend Mm. to Mm -hmm. do some shopping. And, you know, I did pretty well. I had like a number of bags and packages on my way out. And there was a woman at the door who was working security or something. And she just had this like right on the tip of her tongue. She goes, Oh my God, are those gifts for me? Thank you. What she must have been doing with every single person who walked out of that door, she must have like played that joke 400 times. And I could tell that she was just thrilled to get it out at me. So. And it must have thrown you off. Those are those kinds of things where you're like, I don't even know how to respond. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Well, let's get into the news. Uh, What stories caught your eye so far this week? Yeah, so my headline comes from Lucas Manfield at Willamette Week, who earlier this week wrote about uh, the Portland Police Bureau loosening the restrictions on car chases, which immediately caught my eye. So Lucas wrote that Police Chief Bob Day made an announcement last week, Friday, that the Bureau is choosing to loosen restrictions in an effort to discourage suspects from fleeing. So to break this down a little bit, the new policy addresses a few things. 
One, it will allow officers to pin suspects with their cars at higher speeds. And two, it broadens their authority to initiate pursuits in cases involving nonviolent crimes. So, for example, shoplifting and street racing. So, important thing to remember, though, just to put this into context, which Lucas points out in his article, that six years ago, Portland police followed other departments nationwide in tightening their policies in hopes of limiting bystander deaths. But the officers were saying that tightening the restrictions has made their job harder and that anecdotally suspects have, quote, repeatedly told officers that they are aware of PPB policy and they're more likely to elude traffic stops, thinking their chances of escape are higher in Portland than other jurisdictions, according to the police statement. Um, so <laughs> what are your thoughts on that so far, John? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. It's so, I mean, I, I was reading through the policy document and it said that the changes uh, to the standard for vehicle interventions, and that's things like ramming other cars, is to, quote, objectively reasonable under the totality of the circumstances, which is just like... <laughs> We can't even begin to understand what that really means. <laughs> I, I love that the, one of the captains in the training division said that officers in the Bureau had expressed a desire to loosen the policies. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I know that there are like real reasons for these sorts of things and that like apprehending criminals is important. But I'm just like imagining the cops all high-fiving that they get to do more like sweet police chases through the streets of Portland. You know what I mean? It's pretty classic. And, you know, I do have like a pretty loose personal anecdote on this myself. So mm -hmm. one of the things that Chief Day pointed out is that people who are usually hoping to escape are driving extremely dangerously away from the scene despite officers even chasing them. So it's, I think that's a part of why they're trying to get behind it because I imagine the way they're breaking this down is a police officer knows how to drive recklessly better than a person trying to escape the crime. But going back a few months ago on July 4th of this year, I was walking down Northeast Burnside and right where the, it meets Southeast 7th and Northeast Burnside uh, where the sizzle pie is, Walking down the sidewalk, someone made a really risky, too sharp of a right turn, hit a gate, and then sped down the sidewalk, all four wheels. Oh, my God. Towards me oh, yeah. so fast that I had to jump in the middle of the street to dodge it, made eye contact with this person, then proceeded to speed down Burnside, make another sharp right, and disappear into the distance. And I thought to myself... This person might have just gotten so anxious after making that wrong right turn and tried to immediately get out of the situation mm -hmm. um, frantically. But when reading this article, I thought to myself, I wonder how this situation would have gone differently for better or for worse if there were police involved in a different way. W would you have felt safer if there was like a string of police cars <laughs> chasing after that guy? Would that have, would you have been like, oh, thank heavens. <laughs> I feel so who, much more protected. Who knows if the police would have hit me? That's my yes. concern yeah. too, is because that kind of aggravates the situation. The person drives faster. There are more cars involved. It's harder to dodge. Exactly. There are a thousand things to consider, but yeah. I did think about it. This does not make me feel a lot safer uh, no. as a citizen. This is not something where I'm like, oh, thank heavens that the police, you know, the police are going to be out there starting more car chases on the streets yeah. of Portland. 
<laughs> no, and it, it also reminded me of back in November when that officer intentionally crashed into those two gals who were mistaken as suspects and then held them at gunpoint. Did you hear about this, John? No, wait, what? Yeah, so there are these two totally missed this. gals in a car who were just driving down a street in Portland and a police officer rammed his vehicle into their car and held them at gunpoint um, thinking that they were a suspect in a crime someone they had a warrant out for and they had no involvement whatsoever. It's completely random. Obviously, they're suing now. But the instinct to drive a police car into someone else's vehicle is something that concerns me as it is. And to encourage that more by loosening these restrictions, I wonder if situations like this will happen more often. Yeah, well, Julia, I was uh, reading through the policy on the city website and there was a banner ad on top of it that just cracked me up. The Portland Police Bureau is hiring officers looking for an exciting and rewarding career. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that, <laughs> I'm sure that that is just a total coincidence that that banner ad was on the city website. But it's just like, it's like, want an exciting career? And then right below it, it's like, more car chases. It almost mirrors an ad for a stunt double in an yeah. action movie. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, the, the only other thing I saw is that they're going to implement this policy 30 days after it's announced, which means that you still have a couple weeks to run from the cops <laughs> if you need to. Take that for what it's worth, Portland. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the news this week. All right. Well, my story comes from uh, both Mike Rogaway at The Oregonian and Demi Lawrence at The Portland Business Journal were writing about this, which is about Tim Boyle, uh, CEO of Columbia Sportswear, getting back into the trash collecting business. Um, <laughs> did you see this story, Julia? Yes. <laughs> we, we touched on it like very briefly last Friday, but I wanted to dig in a little bit more on something that happened at the Oregon Leadership Summit. Um, that was where Governor Tina Kotek released all of her recommendations for the city, including pumping a bunch of money into things like cleaning up trash and taking down boarded windows and all of that. Well, uh, the CEO of Columbia, Tim Boyle, says that he is also putting his money into helping to clean up trash on local highways. Um, he wants to focus on Interstate 405, sort of along the west edge of downtown, and then U.S. Mm -hmm. 26 going out to the west. And it's not the first time that he's done this. You know, back in 2018 or so, he gave the Oregon Department of Transportation about 150 grand to do this. But ODOT ended up giving back most of that money because mm -hmm. they didn't have the staff to complete the work. So this time, uh, Tim Boyle says that he is going to be hiring contractors, and he's also encouraging other local business leaders to chip in as well and to sort of help support this effort. So yeah, he said that blighted highways turn off prospective Columbia employees and tourists and dissuade <laughs> residents from coming downtown. And my favorite bit aggravate him personally. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think about like billionaire businessmen pitching in to clean up trash along the highways? You know, the thing that stood out to me the most was a line in Mike Rogaway's article from the Oregonian mm -hmm. talking about how much it would cost. And he had said that 
Kevin Glenn, the Transportation Department's communications director, estimates it would cost 29000 to pick up trash and remove graffiti twice a month, or 60000 to do it weekly, which is a lot. And I wonder immediately for how long you would have to do that mm-hmm. until it became less of an issue. And also, wouldn't it just make more sense to be putting this money into programs that would keep people from needing to accumulate trash on the sides of highways? Right. And keeping people off the sides of highways to begin with? Because that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly my thought, too. And, like, you know, I love the idea of local business leaders standing up and pitching in and doing their part to make Portland great. Um, to make Portland great again. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't trying to go there, but it just came out. But, but you know, th- this is, like, the problem with this kind of private philanthropy is that, mm-hmm. like, when people are putting up their own money, they just get to strike at the thing that bugs them the most, you know? And they're mm-hmm. just like, I don't like seeing all that trash. It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know that that is, like, actually the most pressing social problem that our region is facing right now. It is It is a mm-hmm. symptom of, like, the real problems that are going on. Um, And in talking with the Portland Business Journal, he did sort of allude that he wanted changes to Measure 110, you know, that like that is also a priority that he thinks that public drug use should face different penalties in the city. Um, But that's not where he's putting his money. He's putting Mm -hmm. his money into trash pickup, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which like, good job, man. Spend your billions however you please. It's just... Uh, it's just weird when like private businesses start, yeah. you know, dictating policies like this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have the time to look up the link that's spelled out in his fake billboard? No. How can I help Portland.com? So no. I went and I looked it up. It's actually a website. And I learned that you can go through the city website, which they have linked on this website and report trash. And my mind went immediately down a rabbit hole and I thought about people going and reporting like ex-boyfriends being like, yeah, you got to come pick up this trash. <laughs> and, I know, and I know we talked about it last week, but let's like, let's just do it again. What is the, what is the billboard? What is the billboard that Mr. Boyle <laughs> is proposing we plaster all around downtown Portland? Portland is not a trash can. Portland is not a trash can. I mean, when we talked about it last week, I thought it was funny. But reading uh, Rogaway's article in The Oregonian actually has a mock-up of it. And I really had to double check and be like, wait, is this a joke? Is this an Onion article? Is there some (laughs) satire going on here that I wasn't expecting? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so silly. So silly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for chewing on that with me, Julia. So last week, we put out an episode, 10 Essential Rules for surviving Portland, which is sort of our take on like what some of the unspoken uh, codes of conduct or, or traditions of Portland are. And we we heard from a bunch of you, actually, all reaching out and sharing your ideas. And I wanted to go through a few of them. Uh, one that got a lot of attention was a rule that Claudia had put out that you never know who's going to be gay in Portland, that it's just a lot harder to suss out than it is in some other places. And we heard from this reader, Nathan, who wrote in, and this is a spicy one, quote, the reason I, parentheses, a gay, 
Never know who's gay is that everyone uses gender-free partner, even when referring to a mm-hmm. cisgender heterosexual boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife. Yeah. This is an egregious case of cultural appropriation. Queer people use this in dark times when it wasn't always safe to come out at work and at school. In Portland, it's trendy to be queer, so it seems like everyone uses the term. So, hot take. What do you think, oh. Julia? Is it, is it okay to say... <laughs> partner if you're not queer. I think a lot of the things that are pointed out are a bit of a stretch. This is, let me preface this by saying I am queer myself, so I have some insight, but I have a different perspective on this because I think it's kind of nice when everybody is using the term partner because then you're not outing yourself by saying partner yourself. So Mm -hmm. if like everyone's on board, then you don't really know who's gay, and that's kind of nice sometimes. There's a safety and security in that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I get it, and I think it's funny to imagine being queer as trendy, and I <laughs> don't even know where to begin with that. But thanks I for mean, writing in, Nathan. <laughs> it, it, it is a delightfully Portland problem to have that, like, yes, <laughs> you know, everyone is too too queer. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice that we can debate it. Honestly, yeah. that yeah. means that we're doing okay over here. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, what caught your eye? Who did you hear from? Yeah, so this one is from Franco, and they said an essential rule of Portland is to embrace public transportation and cycling. I've lived in Miami where public transportation isn't good or barely exists, and Brooklyn where it's there but overwhelmingly crowded. Portland's TriMet, in my opinion, is really comfortable and affordable. I love how the bus's interior lights are filtered with a red tint at night. So soothing. And oh my gosh, Franco, I totally agree. And honestly, with the right person, I've even found those red lights to be kind of romantic. Like if you're going from bar to bar... Taking the bus from place to place. Little late night bus smooch. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't know if I'd take it that far, John, but I will say the bus is a lot more chill at night. I think I just made Julia blush. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about it. You know, we we did hear from a number of people about transit in particular. And it's funny, I don't think we had a rule about transit or bikes kind of just because it felt self-evident. We were sort of like, yeah, that, that, that's just an easy grab. But Such uh, a good point. But like totally, totally right. Um, we also got another mention from Nick. And I think we already put this into the show last week, but I just want to bring it again because it's mm. so true. Nick said, after listening to today's episode, I'm shocked, comma, shocked, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and the first shocked was in capital letters. That there was no mention of the Portland thank you you must provide to the TriMet bus driver as you leave out the back door. Oh my gosh. Which, which, which that one is one that I'm angry that we missed because he's like totally <sighs> right. And he goes so on to true. sort of explain how it's just, you know, a part of like the Portland uh, attitude to like mm-hmm. appreciate people that are doing work and helping you get around the city. Um, I thought that was a really great one. So, yep, you are right, Nick. And thank you for that. Absolutely. And I'd even take it a step further and say that any small business where the door is close enough to where the cash is or the host is on your way out saying thank you is totally normal too, which Mm -hmm. is a uniquely Portland thing I've found. Hmm. Um, Well, we got one more and this one's a bit of a list. Do you want to walk us through it? Yes. So this one is from Raina and they say, you will stand in line, so chill out and enjoy it. 
make friends. Mm -hmm. You will learn it's a good idea to remember the name of the trail you are on. Yes, even if you are in the city park because it's so easy to get lost. Snow in Portland means you will not drive anywhere. City plowing is, well, not the best. <laughs> and you will come to realize this is a gardener's paradise, a vegetarian's paradise, a mushroom lover's paradise. Donuts, pies, coffee, beer, you get it. It's paradise. <laughs> it's really sweet. And I that's, love that. Yeah. After after chewing on some of the news of the week, that is what I need to be reminded of sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well said, Raina. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much to everybody who wrote in. If you ever hear something on the show that excites you or makes you angry or whatever, we'd love to hear from you. You can always shoot us an email, portland at citycast.fm. Uh, we also have a voicemail. You can call and leave us a message. That number is in the show notes of this program. Yeah. Well, Julia, thank you for breaking down all the news with me. Uh I'm sad that you're going to miss car chase season here in Portland, but I hope that you have uh, a great time with your family and we'll see you back here in the new year. So. Yeah, let me know how it goes. Thanks, John. That's all for us today here on City Cast Portland. But thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we'd really love it if you told some of your friends about the show. I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs>